Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans. Welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Great news with the Lightning win last night. We are in the Stanley Cup Finals. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Rays and a couple other things going on in the sports world. We'll be right back to get the show started. You're listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. There's a lot going on at the Landing Bar and Grill in Valrico. There's great food at the Landing featuring several signature landing-only specialties like shareable appetizers, seafood, flatbread, salads, wings, pasta, pizza, burgers, gluten-free, keto-friendly, kid-friendly, dog-friendly, desserts, craft beer and cocktails, and a lot more. And if you're looking for entertainment, we've got it. National holidays, food events, live music, karaoke, cornhole, and live team trivia. Check out our full menu on Facebook or online at thelandingvalrico.com. Sports is back and we've got that too. The Landing Bar and Grill off Lithia Pinecrest in Valrico. The Landing Bar and Grill. Land as strangers, depart as friends. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. What a great night of hockey. If you like a lot of goals being scored, it wasn't your cup of tea. You know, if you like uh, big offensive performances, uh, you wouldn't have enjoyed it. However, if you like good, solid playoff game seven hockey, it was a great game to watch. What a defensive battle by both teams, actually, last night. The Islanders, lots of respect. Uh, they played well. They played a great series. A very physical and uh, in the end, the better team won. The Lightning, led by Vasilevsky. What a, what a performance by him. The whole defensive team of the Lightning uh, came to play last night, and they really came to show that in playoff hockey, defense and goaltending win games. I know it's very, you know, you talk about the offensive players uh, being able to score, being able to uh, skate and use their skills to uh, to put goals on the board. But when it comes time to win a playoff hockey game or series, it always comes down to defense and it comes down to who's the best uh, person between the pipes. Right now, Vasilevsky, we've said many times, the best goaltender in the world, and he showed it again last night. Another 18-save shutout victory for him. And, and you know, I know Cooper has said many times that it's not about how many you put in the net, it's about how many you keep out. And when you have Vasilevsky, you're going to be saying that more times than not. Um, you know, the way we did score last night was on a shorthanded goal, which I'm pretty sure that was the first time that that's ever happened in the um, in the history of Game 7s in the playoffs. So Yanni Gord had the shorthanded goal uh, with the assist from Kaloran and Sorelli. So overall, like I said, not much scoring, nothing in the first period. Uh, we did get the crowd energized in the second when Gord scored. It kind of just built from a, to a crescendo from there all the way through. Vasilevsky uh, turned away seven shots, I think it was, in the final period. And, uh, you know, another playoff shutout. That's his fifth shutout, fourth this postseason. So um, it's really a, an offensive 
uh, juggernaut when we needed to be during the season to get where we are. You know, last home game, we scored eight goals. Obviously, game seven's a little bit tighter and everyone comes out and you're not going to see a lot of penalties. And the penalty that there was, the other team took advantage of it. So uh, what a great series it really was. Um, of course, we'll be playing the winner, uh, playing Montreal starting Monday night. I really believe that the game that we saw last night was the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I think that the Islanders are a much better team than Montreal. Uh, no disrespect to the Canadians, but I believe they were the 18th team overall in the league this year. And um, all those stats can go out the window when the playoffs start. But I think that right now, the way that the Lightning are playing, if they continue to do what they're doing, they should be able to win the series um, no more than five games, especially if... Um, uh, they just continue on, on the pace that they're on right now from a defensive standpoint. Canadians are a young team, but um, I don't think it's their time right now. The only issue I have is going to be the protocols going back and forth to Canada. Not sure how that's going to all play out. I do know that uh, some people from Vegas, when they were playing, uh, said it's really a uh, hassle what they had to go through to go back and forth. And they only had 3,000 fans in the stands in Montreal for that series. So that's going to be a big letdown for the um, Lightning, I believe, especially after what we have here uh, as the home ice advantage. So that'll, that'll all play out, something that we'll deal with as we get there. But I think that right now the first game is Monday night, Probably 7 30, 8 o'clock, I would think. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 877 448 7901. Now, the Lightning improved to 14 and 0 in games following a playoff loss since the beginning of last year's championship run. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we, great series, three great series that we had against Florida, Carolina. Now the Islanders, we have one more to go. And I think that uh, the relentless defense, when it comes time to lock the other team down, we've been able to do that. So our versatility and our ability to do what it takes to win a game really shows the maturity of this team over the last several years. So um, like I said, I couldn't be happier for the Lightning and, and for their fans. And I hope that um, they continue their their work ethic and they continue to just uh, keep on getting better for the next four games at least and be able to keep Lord Stanley here in Tampa Bay to uh, work on his tan for another year. Uh, anyway, that's the story right now at the Lightning. Any questions, again, 877-448-7901. If you want to chime in, uh, did you get to go to the game last night? Where did you watch it? Uh, how was the crowd while you were there? Did you get to the watch party outside? Um, all those stories are always fun to hear. So looking forward to talking with you. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You're listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show. You're in the gymnasium on Power 90.1.
Now, in-home or in-office do-it-yourself COVID-19 testing is available to you, and the results are 99% accurate. Save your time and be safe by avoiding the lines and crowds. You can test yourself and your family members at home. Test your employees at work, making sure your workplace is safe. Simply call Citation Bioscience at the number we're about to give you to order your COVID-19 testing kits. When they arrive, follow the simple instructions and send them back to us with our prepaid shipping. Results are ready the next day in 95% of the cases. And remember, they are 99% accurate and reimbursable by your insurance company. Save your time, stay safe, and avoid the crowds. Order your COVID-19 kits now by calling this number now. 800-433-8399. 800-433-8399. That's 800-433-8399. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Shifting gears a little bit. Talking about the Rays heading into the weekend here. Uh, Coming off a nice series against the Red Sox where we were able to win two out of three games and recapture first place. The game on Thursday night was... uh, you don't want to say it was exciting because it was a one nothing final, uh, but there was some action in the uh, last inning anyway. A couple of things that stood out in my mind was the great base running by Margot, who actually did it all in that ninth inning. He got the hit. He was able to um, steal second. And then on a throwing error by uh, Vasquez there, he was able to get to third. And then next batter, Wendell, was intentionally walked. And then um, with Francisco Meja batting, a wild pitch and Margot dashed home and um, got the winning run. So there wasn't really any offense going the whole night for anyone. Uh, As a matter of fact, Bavetta for um, Boston had a no-hitter going uh, in the seventh inning. And that was the other thing that I really didn't understand. Uh, Now, Kiermaier had a, a double in that seventh inning. So uh, they took him out after that. But Nick Pavetta, I mean, he was pulled with a runner on second, two outs in the seventh inning, and they took him out right after he threw his 100th pitch. So, I mean, he's thrown 116 pitches in a game before in his career. So I don't know. I I just, maybe I'm old school, but a pitcher that is in the seventh inning with two outs, throwing a no-hitter, and is okay with being taken out of the game. You know, after the game, he says, you know, quote, to be honest with you, it was the right call. It made the most sense. We're all about winning. So uh, I don't know. I suppose that if that's the way he feels, that's the way he feels. But um, I would think that you don't get a chance to have a no-hitter too many times in your career, unless your name's Nolan Ryan, when you have a chance, like I said, two outs in the seventh inning, I would think that you uh, maybe fight and claw a little bit more to stay in the game. But just because analytics say that when you throw a hundredth pitch, you have to come out of the game, that's just the way it is right now in this day and age. So, anyway, uh, they got out of that inning, and then in the ninth inning, like I said, we were able to score to win that game one nothing after winning the, the day before eight to two. So um, first game of the series, we lost 9-5, to five, which, you know, we actually had a chance to win that one. So overall, taking two out of three from the Red Sox, putting us back in the first place, you really can't argue 
with that, I think that uh, big news this week was Wander Franco being called up. And when you talk about Wander Franco, you're talking about uh, probably the face of the franchise for years to come. Here's a kid, 20 years old, makes his appearance and, uh, you know, actually has a home run in the game in his uh, Major League debut. I think he's the um, probably the youngest player to be able to hit a home run in his uh, debut like that at, I think, 20 years old and maybe 10 months or something like that. So, uh, you know, he's going to be... I know he started on third the other night when he came up. I think now that you have um, him usually playing shortstop, uh, you're going to probably have... You no, know, Walls is on the IL right now, so you're going to have him going into the weekend here, I believe, playing shortstop, which is probably what he's most uh, familiar with. I... You know, first game up, obviously, it's great to see him. We've been hearing a lot about him coming up. Uh, but when you have the leading uh, hitter, average-wise, at 284 with um, Joey Wendell, you, I, I don't know, I kind of want to see him in the lineup as well. I know there's only so many positions that you can you can play, but, you know, when you have you know, low batting against the lefty, you see what he does. So you want Wendell's batting there. You want to be able to have... Uh, of course, Franco, because he's a switch hitter, he's definitely going to create some more opportunities. Um, so I, I think they're going to probably, uh, you're going to see him at, at third, shortstop most of the time. Uh, you're going to see him batting second or third, most likely in the lineup for many years to come uh, as a Rays fan. So get used to uh, seeing him out there. And, you know, when you talk about making the jump from, Triple A to the majors, it, it's it's the largest leap because people think sometimes going from uh, single A to double A or uh, double A to triple A, it, it's really not the, the biggest the biggest jump by by far is going from triple A uh, from Durham where he was up to the major leagues because you're seeing people at this level who. Uh, you know, they've got some nasty, nasty stuff coming off their arms. You know, they're, they're throwing these sliders. They're throwing these change-ups. They're throwing um, some curveballs that uh, you just don't see all of that in AAA. And then they come back with a 97, 98-mile-an-hour fastball, which uh, Wander needs to be able to be able to catch up with. And, um, you know, he, he'll learn. Actually, he had his first three-strikeout game, I believe, on Thursday night. So I'm sure he'll rebound from that. It's a learning curve for anyone. And, and I think that all the potential that he has, he seems to have the whole package. And um, you know, like I said, it's going to be a learning curve for anyone. But he, some people just seem to be able to thrive in the moment and be ready for that stage. And I didn't see anyone that um, could have been more prepared than he was in the game uh, when he first came up here this week. So congratulations to uh, Wander Franco, and hopefully you have a nice, long, illustrious career here as a Tampa Bay Ray. So we'd love to hear your thoughts, 877-448-7901. Uh, who on the team do you think we need to uh, add or... Uh, maybe get rid of right now. We're just about the all-star break. Now, we're in first place by a half a game. But let me say this. If Tyler Glass now cannot return this year, 
then we really need to be seriously looking into replacing a starting pitcher in our lineup because I, you know, as good as this team is at making do with what they have and next man up and uh, the mentality that they have of, of winning here is, is really an awesome feat to watch. But I don't think the likes of uh, Yarbrough, Waka, and Rich Hill strike the fear into many other teams when they see a starting pitching lineup like that going into the playoffs in the postseason. So I really think that they need to make a decision uh, with, with Glass now, what they're doing one way or the other. I know he's uh, right now going through rehab, strengthening exercises, and trying to alleviate the need for any type of surgery, which is totally understandable. But I'm sure that they also are aware that most times in a situation such as his, surgery seems to be inevitable and sometimes would be better dealt with sooner rather than later. I think that if you look at um, you know what we've done so far with the pitching, we've been fortunate in the way that our bats have woken up to be able to cover some mistakes um, that the pitching staff has. Uh, like I said, Rich Hill, um, you know, he's six and two. He's having a, having a good season. Fleming is out there, six and four. Um, Yarbrough, uh, four and three. But when you look at everything, we can rely on our mid relievers and our closers, like we have successfully. But at some point, you really need the horses in there to be able to go out there and, and throw you know, seven good innings, uh, you know, and not not be afraid of um, you know having to have someone pitch two innings, then go with some type of combined pitching staff. Whether you put you know, Springs in there, McHugh, or uh, you know Thompson, Kytrus, McClanahan, whoever it might be, they're all good pitchers. Don't get me wrong, but I really believe. That as now, I think we're still waiting to hear about Archer. If he's able to come back, he may be someone that can uh, definitely help out in this situation. But I'd be checking the market, checking the uh, the wire, see what's going on out there, seeing who's available, and uh, the Rays may have to spend some money and pick someone up if they have aspirations of um, getting to and going far in the postseason play this year with the absence potentially of glass now. So again, we'd love to hear your comments. If you want to email me sports at power901.com or 877-448-7901. Let me know your thoughts on what the Rays should do as far as uh, the pitching rotation, if you're happy with it, or uh, what do you think would be a good suggestion to help firm them up. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You listen to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at the Property 
ShopUSA.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. We want to talk a little bit about the other playoffs that are going on right now. That would be the NBA. They're down to four teams. Uh, before we talk about the four teams, I want to touch base on the 76ers. As you know, the 76ers got beat by the Atlanta Hawks in the last round of the playoffs, and Atlanta moved on. They're playing Milwaukee. But a big storyline in that series was the 76ers all-star Ben Simmons, you know, what he did in that series, what his future is like with the Sixers. Uh, first of all, he is an all-star, so you have to remember that. that that's something that you know, start off by saying someone's an all-star. You don't expect to hear the rest of the story. So he could not make a free throw in the playoffs, on top of which because of that, he did not want to take a shot. He didn't want to shoot because he's afraid of being fouled, in which case he has to go to the free throw line. So a couple of shots he did take. Obviously, he made a couple, but nowhere near enough to be able to help the team. As a matter of fact, not only did he not help the team, but you start to hurt the team. Because when you, as a coach there, Doc Rivers, at at the end of the game, yes, Simmons is a great athlete. He's a fantastic defensive player, um, good rebounder. He looks to pass first, obviously. So he just doesn't look to take a shot normally anyway, but it really got magnified here in the playoffs and to the point where teams were looking to foul him at the end of the game um, to put him on the line, knowing that at best he may make one out of three. So question remains with the Sixers. I mean, this guy has four years left on his contract, $147 million left on the contract. So what do you do with him? I mean, is it a mental thing? Is it a just get in the gym and practice I'd love to hear your comments on that. 877-448-7901. I'm going to tell you my thoughts on it right now. When you get to that level, obviously, like I started off with the segment, he's an all-star. He does a lot of things very well at a very high level. And no, these, these players, they're obviously some of the best athletes in the world. Not only are they you know, big but they're agile, they're quick, they're strong. And, you know, the things that he does on the floor, very few people are able to have that whole package. However, like I said, when you get to the point where it becomes mental, and that's where I'm going with this, I think at this point, someone needs to get Simmons. If the Sixers decide to stay with him, which I don't think it's the right, right approach at this point to stay with him, I think it's only going to put more pressure on the kid. I would find someone, and it's going to be hard with those numbers to have someone try to match that contract, but I, I would try to look for a trade right now, honestly, because he needs to get out of the environment that he's in and you know, get a, a couple coaches on the side, one of them being... Um, someone who can help him from a psychological point with his 
uh, ability to shoot free throws. Now, you may never be able to go out there and be a great shooter uh, in the NBA or a good shooter for that matter, but you have to be willing and able to, in your mind, take a shot when the other team is giving you that shot. Because if not, they'll just double team everyone else in the team and leave you open knowing that you're not going to shoot because you don't want to, A, or B, you can't. And in effect, it becomes a uh, five-on-four game, in which case you're going to lose that every single night of the week. So the Sixers need to make a decision, first of all, whether to keep them or get rid of them. Um, As much as I like Simmons, I think it's actually best for the Sixers and for him to go get some different scenery someplace else. And, um, you know, hopefully it's not in the East. Hopefully a team out West can pick him up and pick up that big salary cap hit and go. And and actually, I, I wish him the best. But being in Philadelphia, number one, um, you know, they expect you to be a little bit more mentally strong than Simmons has dictated so far. Uh, MB came back, had a, had a great year. He was hurt the last couple playoff games. He's got a slight tear in his knee, as we all know by now. Uh, he can't do it on his own. He needs, he needs Simmons or someone like Simmons to be able to go in there and you know, be second in in line to take the shot or to be able to lead the team. You know, you have Curry in there, which, you know, he's hot or cold. You can't rely on him every every game. I think you're gonna do you will get some good games from him as shown, but you know, you have Tobias Harris, which is has played well. But overall, you need the the person in that position that Simmons was in to go out there and play well. So um I think it's it's more mental now than physical, and he really needs to be able to go out there and, and address that, and I hope he does. Again, I would love to hear your thoughts on it, 877-448-7901, or you can go to jimmybsports.com and send me an email that way. So the Sixers got beat by the Hawks, so now the Hawks are playing the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Finals, and you have the Clippers playing uh, on the... Western Finals against the Phoenix Suns. So after Atlanta beat Philly, they're moving on to Milwaukee. Of course, Milwaukee, Chris Middleton, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. So those two all-stars for Milwaukee really, I believe, are the better team. Um, But this time of year, the better team doesn't always win. The Hawks have a point guard rookie by the name of Trey Young who just put up 48 points in game one as the Hawks beat the Bucks in Milwaukee, nonetheless, in game one of the series. I watched these games, uh, and I watched Atlanta play Philly, of course, and the series before that, and Trey Young's probably about 155 pounds soaking wet, maybe six foot. I have no idea how you let him drive the lane the way he does and throw these floaters up there and, you know, leave him unscathed. Could you imagine going back to the times when Isaiah Thomas played, when um, you had uh, Barkley, you had Jordan, you had Bird, you had Magic, you had the bad boys with Lambeer and Rodman, 
could you imagine someone like this guy, Trey, driving the lane and consistently embarrassing you, putting up these shots and, you know, having these games? It wouldn't have happened because, you know, not to wish anyone getting hurt in any situation, but they would knock this guy down and knock him down again and keep on knocking him down until he doesn't want to get back up, especially someone of that statue. Because very few people had, you know, they had the heart that, uh, you know, maybe Isaiah Thomas did say what you will about the guy, but um, you know, he got back up and kept on playing. You know, when you have um, John Stockton, how many times did they knock him down? But um, I know now in the NBA, you can't touch someone or it's a, you know, flagrant foul or a flagrant one or flagrant two. The game the other night, I watched the end of the game. It took 35 minutes to play the last 90 seconds. That's ridiculous. 35 minutes to play 90 seconds, a minute and a half. They had reviews. They had timeouts. They had timeouts on top of timeouts, reviews on top of timeouts. I, you know, finally the game ended. It was a, it was a great game. And, uh, you know, the Clippers ended up losing on a basket that was just perfectly executed you know, by Phoenix. But the point is, is the NBA is really shooting itself in the foot. The decisions that they're making on – um, the way they're conducting these games and what they're putting into play. They've lost enough fans the way it is for various reasons, which we won't get into right now, but they need to be able to, they have a product that they have people that can go out there and play the, the great game of basketball, but they're really diluting it to the point where they're going to be looking at every replay I mean, what do they do before replays? You went out there and you play the game. Sometimes they made the right call. Sometimes they didn't. But you lived with it and you moved on to the next game the next day. Now they have to be sure that they get every call, every everything right the whole game. And a, a game that should really take two and a half hours is dragging out to four hours or something. So, again, you have a team like Atlanta playing the Bucks now. The Bucks on paper, should win this series and move on to the NBA Finals. I don't know what's going to happen at this point. Um, I do think that um, Milwaukee will come back. It will be a great series, and I think that you know something tells me Milwaukee's going to win. Um, but again, you, you got You can't let someone. You can't let someone like Trey Young uh, uh, beat three or four teams in a seven-game series consistently. Something's got to be done. Someone can shut them down. The Clippers out there playing Phoenix. Chris Paul was on protocol, COVID protocol. He couldn't play the first two games. God knows why. I don't know what happened with that. He got the shot, didn't get the shot, had the flu before, didn't have it. Can't really get a straight answer. Anyway, he didn't play the first two games. Um, Phoenix won. He comes back for game three. He's available to play. And the Clippers at home having to win a game three so they don't go down 3-0-1. So that series now is, is two games to one. So we'll see what happens as we go forward there. I, I think it should be, uh, I really feel as though it'll be the Clippers and um, Milwaukee in the final. I think even though Kawhi isn't playing, um, Paul George has really stepped up. And I think that somewhere along the line, you may see Leonard back. And um, if not, if it is Phoenix, then good for them, good for their fans. They have a great fan base out there. And it's great to see the enthusiasm. It's great to see the stadiums full. So um, 
that part of it's very good. Again, love to hear your thoughts. 877-448-7901. We'll be right back to uh, wrap up the show. You're in the gymnasium on the Jimmy B Sports Show. All you high school students and recent grads, how would you like to be a part of the largest digital yearbook ever? All you have to do is head to xqyearbook.com and upload your photo and a quote. And get this, for every valid submission, XQ Institute will be donating $2 in support of student mental health. This is your photo, your story, and your impact. Visit xqyearbook.com and leave your mark. We can't wait to see your submissions. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Uh, if you're a tennis fan, you have Wimbledon starting up this week. Of course, you have the possibility, which everyone's hoping for, uh, of a Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer final. Um, that could be um, something that we see. Who knows? Um uh, you know, you have Nadell, I believe, is not going to be playing this week. So I think, you know, you have Djokovic out there. Um, you have Andy Murray, I believe, is going to still be playing. So it should be interesting. And uh, on the women's side, of course, we just heard that uh, Simona Halep is not going to be playing. So with that calf injury, so she's out. And of course, um, Naomi Osaka is not going to be playing due to, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. So you can, I guess, she's not going to be playing due to some mental issues that she has, being not being able to talk to reporters or dealing with depression. And um, she decided to not play in this one. So it should be interesting to see. The Wimbledon's always a, um, a great matchup. No matter what, and it's always uh, one of the fun majors to watch if you are a um, a tennis fan. If you get a chance this weekend, definitely go out to the um, drop to see the Rays playing. They have they're playing the Angels, obviously, and the Angels have a player that you really need to be aware of because it only comes around once or twice. Uh, in a lifetime, and that's Shohai Otani. Uh, he's a pitcher as well as a fantastic hitter for the Angels, and he's putting up Babe Ruth-like stats. And um, if you really do have a chance to see him, whether he's pitching or, or, or not pitching, or uh, if he's not pitching, he'll be he'll be playing, he'll be hitting. So go out there and watch him because he is someone that uh, comes around, like I said, not very, not too often. So between him and Vladimir Guerrero this year, uh, he's having a, a heck of a season, has a chance at the Triple Crown. So, so some good baseball races going on as well. We'll touch on that more next time. But uh, unfortunately, that's all the time we have right now. Enjoy your weekend. And um, as always, stay safe, stay vigilant. And above all, stay positive. Great to be a Tampa fan. And uh, call me at 877-448-7901 or email me, sports at power901 on any topic that you want to expand on on next week's show. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next time on the Jimmy B Sports Show.